What's up, y'all? Today, I'm going to share with you a conversation that I had with my good friend, Daniel Laux. Daniel is a church executive. He's a content creator. He's a YouTube star in his acting, but also in his creating. He's got some sweet videos out there. You got to check them out. We got to push that YouTube page up. Anyways, Daniel is one of my favorite people, one of the funniest people I know. Such a dry humor. I love it. Makes me laugh so much. He's a great guy. I love my conversation with him, and I'm sure you will too. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Daniel Laux. Maybe we can walk that road again. Take a little time to sit and listen. Daniel right. Laux, thank you so much for coming on, man. I'm excited. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff Lister. <laughs> Glad so to be a part I, of this. Uh, for sure pronounced your name wrong. Like the first, I don't know, year and a half I knew you. I so. didn't notice. I'm used to that. It's a yeah. hard name to pronounce. I understand that. I have patience for people. Funny, the only person I've ever met that pronounced it right the first time was my junior high Spanish teacher. Wow. She would English wasn't her first language, but okay. she nailed it first time. I was I literally shocked. I was like, oh like, my god, yeah. nobody ever said it right. <laughs> Laux. L-A-U-X. You say the X. Everybody always says Lao. Yes. Ooh. Yes. It's Laux. Hard I'll never forget that I was on stage and I said, uh, Daniel Lau, man, what a great video. And then someone was like, you just said his name wrong. And I'm like, well, it's not the dumbest thing I've said. So whatever. You're at Appleton? Did somebody call you out there? No, it was, I'm pretty sure it was Mackenzie. So uh, she was like, yeah, that's not how you say it. And I was like, well, sorry. So yeah, whatever. No, I have grace. I have grace for you. You have grace. And so is it French or what? Like I'm not. No, it looks French. Again, I, I understand everybody thinks it's French. It is actually German. Wow. Very hard. Laux. Okay. Like, you'd be screaming like, it yep. on a podium. I Laux. Laux. <laughs> <laughs> like Dwight Schrute. There you right. go. Right. Laux. Yeah. I oh, love yeah. it. 100% German. Dude, I'm excited to talk to you because you're one of my favorite people um, creatively. Let's, seriously. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm glad you qualified it. I was like, if I'm your favorite person, man, your bar. <laughs> low (laughs) no no not even qualified for real but also uh in any aspect of creativity and and in life uh i was just literally so i told you this earlier today when we were talking but i watched your jesus video and uh it may be the hardest i've laughed in months and so tell me like how long did that take you Yeah. So I make these videos where I take an old Jesus movie, real cheesy, probably from (laughs) the seventies. And I dub it over with my own voice. I do the voice of every character. Oh yeah. If you're in the Christian world, you've probably heard of this because there was a church that did this a long time ago. Their videos became quasi famous in the church world. Uh, So it's not my original idea. I'm not the first person to do this, but I just, I thought, okay, we need more of these videos because they're hilarious. The, yeah. the, the idea is hilarious. So I made a couple, you know, several years ago when I was in youth ministry. And so I made them there and everybody loved them. So I always had the footage. And I'm like, I'm going to make another one. And I kid you not, I've been working on the one I just released for uh, like two years. Really? I, I had, I've been working on it for just, you know, one scene at a time. And it takes a long time because I take out all the audio. Yeah. All, you know, the steps, the, yep. the foley, the chickens in the background, like literally everything, <laughs> take it out. And I have to completely replace it because I, you know, I need the audio uh, of my voice in there. So I have to rebuild these scenes. I have to think of, you know, dialogue that works with their lips moving. And so it takes a long time. So I wasn't working on it constantly, but it did take, you know, a year and a half, two years. And I had my computer crash during a couple of those times, mm-hmm. hard drives give out. So I've had, I lost several scenes. Don't you hate that? Yeah. And I think the final video was like four or five minutes, but yeah. it, I literally had at one point like 10 to 15 minutes. Really? Scene. Yeah. It's just, oh. so it, I'm a perfectionist on that. Someday, hopefully I can bring it back. Okay, so that's very interesting. I had no idea, and I'm like in the church world, that churches did that. Like that, I I saw that. So I went to your 
uh, your YouTube page. So it's just Daniel Laux, right? So yeah, I, yeah. Okay, if you for all the people out there, yeah. you need to go there because I went there because I wanted to watch the two videos that I've watched before from you, the pickle video and the blue hair video. So those sure. are the two, and I don't even know if they're on there. They're anymore. not. Sorry, okay. guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, the the pickle ones. I have a friend who has a YouTube channel called How, How to Make Everything, uh, and they have a million and a half subscribers. He's a big deal. He's had me. He's had me on a couple times. That's where that pickle video is. Okay. Uh, so that's on that channel, and then the blue hair video. That's a video I just. I don't know if I can put online. I don't know. <laughs> little. That's for friends and family. We'll just leave it at that. It was, oh my goodness. I love that video. Okay. So, but I didn't know the church did that. And so I'm listening to this and I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a really powerful thing. Like I literally thought you were going to make like a music video out of it. Cause you, you do that. And then all of a sudden I hear all these voices and then I realize they're all you. And I lost it. Like Abby heard me in the other room. I was on the bed laughing so I started crying at some point it was the funniest I've ever or funniest thing I've ever seen it was so funny I love it yeah if you get offended easily I wouldn't recommend watching this video obviously it's a little um irreverent but it's all done with respect and all honor to Jesus my my dad texted me one morning and just said hey we owe you thanks for the last your, your mom and I watched your video Oh my gosh. Talk about like a little bit of nervous palpitations. Cause right. again, that video, if you get offended might be offensive. I'm not going <laughs> to deny that. And so to have my elderly parents yes. <laughs> watch it. Yes. Like, but I appreciate the compliments. Hopefully people will go check it out. Like I said, I spent two years on it. I think it's at like 30 views. Oh my so. God. <laughs> we need to get this thing out. I know, I know, I know. And I'm not even like, I don't even have a following and I don't care. Like I'll just That's be right. out there just with the, one of those signs on the That's side right. of the road. We'll both use our zero following. In yes. The world. So um, speaking of your parents, I I don't know if I've ever got a solid answer, but so they've, they're in ministry, right? Yes, uh, my dad is retired from okay. his day from his uh, job that he worked for a long time. He worked in uh, uh, Care Eleven, which is the NBC affiliate in the Twin Cities. Okay, uh, so he worked there for his whole life, and then uh, retired recently within the past couple of years. Yeah, uh, and in his retirement, started working for uh, the church, and okay. so he uh, is a pastor. He, I think, he mostly does like pastoral care. Uh, type work. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't think he's full-time. I think he works part-time. Um, but yeah, so he's doing that uh, for the church there. He had always growing up been a, a key part of the churches we were at, whether he was a deacon, elder, what have you. Uh, but my parents were always heavily involved. I was at the church more than I was at home. Yeah. Um, and so that was just the, the, the life and the upbringing that I had. So he was always, you know, he would do sermons he would leave right. you know, what classes all these kind of things so i mean he was a pastor up up into the name the title i mean he, sure. he was sure. there so much and working there so much so it wasn't a shock that he wanted to become official once he sure. got once he was retired so he got uh licensed and all that and started working for the church that's awesome care 11 that's a big deal do you think his uh you know reputation or you know just experience in that world is what kind of got you into what you do now because for those people who don't know like you do a lot of video editing a lot of creative stuff um, not just Jesus videos but you do graphics and all things that and leadership so do you think that kind of played a role in it well it's funny because he was at care 11 uh, but he did sales so (laughs) (laughs) But but he he so he went to college for uh, radio uh, and actually started his career in radio. Okay. Uh, but uh, small market radio and and he a big part of that was that he had to do sales. Sure. It, there was never enough money just to be a radio personality. Right. He had to do sales on top of that, um, and so he became pretty good at sales. And obviously, there was a lot more money in sales than there was yeah. being on a small market radio station. Um, and so that's what he went into. And and so he had always kept a finger on the pulse of, you know, video and radio and all that. Sure. Kind of stuff. He was in that world. Uh, but his focus was on sales. Um, so yes, it was cool. I got to go be on the sets of care 11. I got to, you know, they were always at the state fair. I got to be at the uh, care 11 state fair booth and meet all the radio or the TV people there. And so that was a cool influence for, for me. Uh, but you know, our family just as a whole was very creative. Um, yeah. my mom was creative. She was in plays growing up. She went to college for dance. 
Awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, so then my dad went for radio. And so uh, they were in plays, they would do church plays, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I was surrounded by that. And I was in all the, the plays at our church. I was in all the plays at our school. Uh, it was just something our family did. I have four brothers and sisters and every one of them was in theater or band or choir. Right. Uh, and so that was always an interest of mine. Um, sure. And uh, that's kind of what led me to be interested in that um, as a career. Yeah, no, I, I think that's awesome. Obviously, you know, they showed you some stuff, dance. I love that. That's really cool. I mean, I think your story to getting to the position that you have now is interesting because uh, you, you're one of those people for me who you like just kind of figure it out, right? So correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you apply for a video job when you didn't do video yet? So, okay. So we'll, we'll back up a little bit. So I, so I uh, started doing video at our, my youth ministry, which is okay. at my church in the twin cities. Yes. Uh, and so I had my friend who started this YouTube channel, how to make everything. So he was the original, he started doing video. He loved it a lot. I loved being in the video cause I thought I wanted to, you know, do acting and that sort of thing. And so I was always in his videos. There was, we made a whole uh, movie. We made feature length. Like it was like 50 minutes and I played every single character, which sounds familiar. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so wow. like, that's what, that's what we were doing. We were literally filling all our free time, making movies, making short films, doing all that kind of stuff. But I was always in front of the camera. He was always behind the camera. And it's funny because he left and he started doing his YouTube channel and I started when he left, I was like, okay, we still want videos. So I had to learn how to make the videos. Sure. I had no idea what I was doing. I was, you know, using equipment that our church had that I had no uh, business using. Uh, and I was putting it in an iMovie, you know, and, and real, just trying to figure it out. My early videos were terrible, overexposed and, and just the audio was awful and all these kind of things. So I had no idea, no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I'm going to figure out how to do this. Yeah. Uh, and I stuck with it for several years, started doing an internship at the church. Um, and uh, eventually the church was kind of small, so they couldn't hire me to be full time. So I was like, okay, I want to move into full time doing video at a church. Right. And, and like I said, my friend left and started doing the YouTube channel. So he was suddenly in front of the camera right. and becoming famous in front of the camera. I was working to be behind the camera. So our roles kind of switched. Uh, and I remember I was kind of at a point where he, he was starting to do some things and he's like, Hey, do you want to come work with me? Um, and I was looking like, Oh man, you know, I, I, I do want to stay in the church. I want to use uh, my talents and abilities for that. Um, and so I was looking for a place where I can be full time. Now this is where your misconception comes in. So, uh, yeah. I knew if I was going to work video at a place, I was going to have to know how to do motion graphics. So motion graphics are, you know, lower thirds or okay. a logo that comes in or something that you animate uh, in video. And so I had always uh, wanted to learn how to do that. <laughs> and, and I had the ability to learn how to do that. Sure. But I never, I was making funny videos for our youth ministry and it wasn't something that I needed to learn. So I didn't. I knew I needed to know that right. to get a job. Okay. So I put on my application that I was proficient in After Effects, yes. which is the program that you need uh, to, to do that. And thinking, okay, if I go to a church and, you know, they're not going to know what that is, it'll be fine. <laughs> I can figure it out if I need to. So I apply first day, literally the first day I apply and Life Church is one of the first churches. Uh, and I get a call from Nando, who's on staff there. And, and I have my first phone interview with him. Uh, and he says, you know, I see on your application that you do After Effects. That's great. I'm like, yeah, 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 totally. He's like, I'd love to see uh, an example of some of your After Effects work. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, crap, called me on my bluff. I sent a great video reel that just had all my videos, but sure. I didn't include anything with After Effects. Just That's right super on, on brand for him. Like he would pick out yeah. the one thing and be like, one thing. That. I love yeah, that. I want to see that. I didn't yeah. see that. So I was like, crap. So I went to my friend who runs the YouTube channel and I said, dude, you need to teach me in one night <laughs> how to do After Effects. <laughs> and I, I kid you not, we were up until two, three in the morning working on an After Effects project. Uh, and I was like, thank you so much. He literally walked me through it. He did most of the work, but he was showing me how to do it. Right, right, right. Uh, And so we made a, an After Effects uh, project. And so I submit that to Nando. He's like, wow, that looks great. Uh, you know, they bring me in, they interview. I get the job. And uh, week one, they're like, okay, we want this motion graphic video uh, for this sermon. And I'm like, oh, crap. Again, I'm, ha I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm trying to learn within yeah. a week, like how to do these After Effects. Uh, and 
I learned it. I, I, I was single at the time, so I could literally stay up all night just right. watching videos and trying to learn how to do this. Uh, but I'll tell you, if you want to learn how to do something, fake it on a resume <laughs> and then have a place hire you and say, we need you to do that this week. Because I learned that quicker than anything I've ever learned in my oh, life. Yeah, for sure. And I, I became really good in about a month's time. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I've worked with people under me now that do video and I'm just like, the only way you're going to learn quickly is if I just say, you have to go do this yeah, and you exactly. have a month to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. So I don't recommend putting something on your resume that you can't do, obviously. Right. Uh, but right. it did motivate me to learn a skill that is now something that I'm very good at. Well, it was uh, like you, it's almost like this, like you were like a pitcher and you just hadn't practiced your slider yet. You know, like right. you knew you could throw it, but you're sure. just better at the curveball and the fastball. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Like if I had to learn it, you know, yeah. if I had to figure it out. I would. Right, right, right. Uh, throw me out on the mound and, you know, we'll muddle through it. We'll get it out. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. That's amazing. My mind immediately goes to friends and Joey when he's like, yeah, I, well, I said I, you know, speak French, Spanish and do horseback riding, <laughs> you know, like just stuff like that. Well, I would recommend not lying about multiple things. I could cover <laughs> one lie. But if I had wrote multiple things and that I probably would have been overworked. You would have been in a big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for me, like, you know, I have this almost, it's probably not a good thing, but an arrogance that I can, I can, if I force myself to learn and do something, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you have to put yourself in, in a situation where it's like, crap, my back's against the wall. I have to do this. I have to get this done. Sure. Um, and it's not the best position to be. It's better to be prepared and, and, and yeah, of course, ahead of time. But what's the uh, fun in that? Right. But there's something to that. I mean, even like in high school, procrastinating the project until, you know, a couple hours beforehand. Sure. Uh, you're going to work faster than you've ever worked. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I have that uh, drive that I'm never going to drop a job. I'm always going to do the job. Right. Um, but if I push myself in a corner, then, you know, I'll get the job done quicker and, and faster. And sometimes I know I'll do that. So it's like I'll put, things on myself that it's like, okay, crap, why did I do that? Cause now right. I have to stick to it. Uh, but it's my past self making my future self accountable. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at rocket media. When I'm searching for my next venture, which spoiler alert is apple trees. You better believe that an apple orchard and expert arborist is coming to a city near you. Anyways, when I want to find out everything and anything that I need to know for planting an apple tree, I pull out my phone. Like everyone else on planet Earth, I go to Google. I click on one of the top results and away we go. That's what my friends at Rocket Media can do for your church or your business. When people are looking for you on Google, it's extremely important that they can actually find you. Pretty simple, right? But you need to make sure that you're at the very top of the very first page so you can take advantage of thousands of searches with Google search advertising. Schedule a free consultation today at therocket.media. That's therocket.media for Google search ads. I've seen their work firsthand in the church world and in the business world, and you need to make yourself a consultation today. Now, so where do you think that came from? Like that okay, I know that I can figure this out. I, I love going into like personality types and I know you do too, but I think that's a really cool thing to know. Like, Hey, I'm going to figure this out. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. So what, what do you think taught you or what life experiences, or maybe it's just how you're wired that got you to be able to understand that? Sure. I think it's a combination of laziness and personal pride. So, <laughs> like I, I, uh... I'm going to take as long as I possibly can to do something that I don't want to do. And that's human nature. I think we're all that way. Uh, you know, if I don't want to do something, then I'm, I'm going to find the easiest way to do it and the longest route to get there. Right. Uh, so that's part of it. I'm not going to deny that part of me. I, you know, it is laziness. And, and if I lean into that, like I said, if I force myself in situations where it's like, I know I'm going to be lazy, so I'm going to promise something big. Right. And then my self pride, which is the part of me that goes, I'm not going to drop the ball. I'm not right. going to be unreliable. I'm not going to say something and then that not be true or right. not hold myself to that standard. Um, and, and that, I don't know, that is a quality that I'm glad I have. I don't know where it comes from. I would say it comes from my parents, but sure. my siblings are the same way at <laughs> <laughs> all in, in some of those aspects. So I, you know, I don't know if it's just, 
an ego thing, honestly. Like, I, I don't know if it's coming from a, a healthy place. Right. Um, but uh, for some reason, if I say I'm going to go do something, then I'm going to do everything I can right. to honor what I said. Sure. Um, and that could just be for myself. Right. Um, and, you know, there's people that are motivated by external pressure and there's people that are motivated by internal pressure. Sure. Sure. Um, and I think for me, I'm highly motivated by internal pressure. Yeah. If I yeah. say I'm going to do something, then I'm holding myself to it. And I'm disappointed in myself if I don't get it. Right. Uh, and that can be healthy and unhealthy again. Right. There's a ba- there's a balance there. Right. I think the beginning, yeah. what you said is self-awareness, like just that's number one. That's key. I think number two is that's one of the things I've always appreciated you as a friend is I know what I'm getting from you is like straight from the tap. Like there's no, like, if you don't like it, you're going to say straight to my face. And if you like it, then I, it matters more. So that's almost that like resolve of like, you got something stuck in your gut and you're going to just go for it. And I really have always appreciated that about you. And I think that's, that's a, a, a very admirable quality to have in a friend and in a husband and in a family member. I mean, that's awesome, man. That's really, well, I'm glad you value, value me as a husband. I value you too. Um, <laughs> I'm saying that for your, I'm sure your wife values that. Sure. And I, so on that front too, I think um, the other part of that is yes, I give my all to everything I say, I'm going to give my all to, but the other trade-off with that is I say no to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can come across to some people as a little bit um, negative, a little bit sure. like a curmudgeon. And I am, I'm not even going to deny that I am a curmudgeon. I, I do say no more often than I say yes. Yeah. But that's because I want my yes to mean something. Sure. I want my, I want there to be value to that. Yes. Yeah. And so I think even your and I relationship, you know, when you first, when we first met, when you first came on staff, uh, there would be things where you'd come up and be like, Hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. I don't know if you remember, but there'd be a lot of times where I'd be like, yeah, that's going to be a lot of work. So, you know, I don't <laughs> think we should do that. Yeah. Or, you know, that that's going to, that's going to look like this and that I, I, I think our, our time is better spent other places. For sure. And I know, I know I shot you down several times oh, and exactly. they, they could have been great ideas. It probably were. Uh, but I knew for me, it was like, dude, figure out one or two things that you want and I will give you everything on those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But that's, that's, that's smart. Like that's wise. Like I think at a certain point, if you don't say no to some things then you're saying yes to everything and you know, running so fast, you're going to burn out. I think that's what we see in our culture today. We're constantly saying yes to everything stuff we should absolutely not be saying yes to. And so then we're screwed because our yes means nothing because it, like you said, and I, but I gotta believe there's some somewhere that that came from like a personality. I mean, I think that you know maybe have you seen like some experience in life? I a lot of times I think I'm shaped a lot by childhood stuff. And I do remember you saying specifically, there's two things that you said to me said no because it'll be too much work. I have then said to other people who have asked me the question about their church, hey, you shouldn't do that because it's too much work. So it's just like, it really was helpful. And in the time I was able to appreciate it and understand, okay, yeah, if you say no to this, you're waiting to say yes to something better. Sure. Uh, and I, you know, if I, I'm trying to think if there was some singular event that shaped that opinion, uh, you know, sometimes with parents and, and situations, you can be inspired or you can be inspired to do the opposite mm-hmm. uh, and some of my parenting decisions uh more so i was inspired to do the opposite mm-hmm. i had a, a fierce uh dependence or uh, independence uh mm-hmm. in me and so um that's part of it I, I also think there's a desire to please people um and that could that can cut two ways so your desire to please people can put you in that position where you're saying yes to everybody because mm-hmm. you don't want to let them down but for me, the desire to please people comes from, I want them to know I'm reliable. Hmm. So again, that comes from the me saying no. Me saying no to you is because I want you to succeed, kind of. It's also just laziness. But <laughs> uh, uh, it, it's me recognizing that, um, you know, if you want to succeed, here's I'm going to help you to the best of my ability. I'm going to use my knowledge. I don't know everything, but I do know you know, if you're asking me for creative things and all that, I know where you should be spending your energy. And Mm -hmm. again, that's coming from maybe a little bit of arrogance, but it's like, I know, like you said, with churches, I've had people come to me and go, Hey, we want to set up 
uh, whole new camera systems and and uh, switchers and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, okay, but you know, you could set up like a cell phone, do Facebook Live, right? And you can do that this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and people are like, what? Like, that's you know, is that right. good quality? And yeah, it's fine. It works. The people that are tuning into your church, they don't care. They don't notice the difference. Exactly. You'd rather do that than get five or seven volunteers each weekend and try to run something that you have no idea and you're going to pay fifty thousand dollars for. Right. Yeah. Um. So, and again, saying those things and being blunt about those things doesn't really win you friends. Um. And uh, you know, can come off as kind of uh, harsh and all that kind of stuff. But in my mind, I think that that's more compassionate than the yeah, let's help you know achieve those dreams and let's go do it yeah. uh, and leading them down that path. So I, I agree. And I think that's something that you and I both learned from each other. And I, I, I think, um, you know, even from you, I learned to give ideas more uh, of a chance though. Sure. So again, I can lean into that curmudgeon side and be like, okay, I'm just going to shut this down. I don't think it's going to work. Right. Uh, but you showed that you have the ability to take some crazy ideas and make them work. <laughs> and, and so there are times where you have to, you have to be willing to try things and, and, and experience new things. Yeah. Um, and so you helped me push back the other way, but I, I'm just trying to go back and I'm trying to think what influenced uh, that part of my life. And uh, Okay. I have one example that might yeah, let's go a little bit. Um, so uh, when I came out of high school at towards the end of my high school mm-hmm. uh, career, I started be, uh, being a leader in our youth ministry. So I led junior hires um, and you know, I'm sure you were a very energetic junior hire. I'm sure you've worked with junior hires that are very energetic uh, and they can have 50 bad ideas in about a minute. Um, <laughs> and, I worked closely with our junior high pastor and she was very much like, she would say yes, first thing, and then try to figure out how to make things work. And then, you know, sometimes they wouldn't work. And my initial reaction was always no. Right. They'd ask me to go like, Hey, can we run to little Caesar? No. (laughs) Every time across the board, I'd say no, because I always thought it's easier to go to a yes from a no than to go from a yes to a no. hundred percent. So I said no immediately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that might sound harsh, mm-hmm. but then if I went to yes after that, if I thought it through and go, you know what, I think that it could work. I think we can make it work. You know, let's, let's go try that out. Then there'd be way more excitement. Cause it's like, oh my gosh. And, and for me, it was always like, okay, let's initially say no to everything. And then we'll think it through and let's see what sticks, see what people are then come back and go, no, no, I really want to do this. I think it'll work. Uh, and I just found that that had much better results yeah. uh, than saying yes to everything. So I was like, okay. I love it. I want to see people's convictions. Yeah. And I think the fastest way you can find people's convictions is tell them no. Yes. They exactly. come back and say, no, no, no. I think you're wrong. And yes. here's why. Because then that shows me, okay, they thought about it. Let's yeah. go try. It. Yeah. Uh, but if I say no and they just, uh, yeah, you're right. It's probably a dumb idea. And then, you know, forget about it. Then yeah. no is the right answer. Exactly. So I can always switch it back to a yes. But right. the minute I say yes, I can't then suddenly go, yes. Oh, wait, you know what? I thought about it more. No. Right. It's almost That's more demoralizing if you say yes and then no than if you say no and yes. It's just a complete different, you know, it switches. I'll never forget hearing no um, several times from people. Um, like I, I remember my first job that I applied for was a youth pastor job out of college and applied for it. And I'll never forget that I kind of got a no back from the the pastor and they ended up saying, Hey, you're just not qualified. And I know that they were trying to be blunt with that. No. And that was a tough time. That really, really was rough. At the time I was working at target and in on Hennepin actually look working at target felt like a complete loser. Cause I just went to ministry school for three years, graduated from North central. Now I got all this debt and I can't even get a youth pastor job because I'm not qualified And I remember just like sitting there thinking to myself, just being so upset of like, man, this is something I'm giving my life to. But I realized in that moment, like this was a a, almost I go back to it as like almost a moment of just straight perseverance of I kind of got this thing in my in my spirit of I'm not going to let that no define me. And so I actually responded to the email and I and I went to write a draft and not send it. And it sent. So I kind of <laughs> I sent to this person of like, this was a mistake, whatever. And then they end up calling me and talking. And that was awkward. And there have been two or three other no's. Like, you're not going to go into church here. This is not going to work. You cannot do this until you have been married for seven years and have three kids. Otherwise, it will fail. 
And I'm able to take those. And sometimes I'm able to look at that person and say, Hey, you're wrong. And other times I'm able to say you're wise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, with that analogy makes me re question my stance on saying no, because hopefully you're, you're taking things into consideration. You've really thought it out. I don't mean to say you shouldn't just flippantly say no to every no, no, no. Yeah. situation. Uh, but you know, that, that is interesting. And I, I do think no is sometimes a, a greater motivation than yes. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, if you've only experienced no, then that first yes is going to be a huge motivation. And I, yep. and I understand that. Uh, but even for me, you know, I grew up pretty privileged. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, my, my parents were affluent, mm -hmm. um, went to private school uh, and always kind of had an easy way at things. Um, and, uh, you know, when I started working my internship at my home church, I remember uh, I wasn't super interested. It was kind of my first like real job. You know, I'd work, uh, you know, uh, desk jobs or um, front desk jobs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I thought I could slack my way as much as I slacked everything else in my life at that point. And so I would show up at, you know, nine 30, 10 in the morning when we're supposed to be there at eight. And, and kind of, I, I remember telling my senior pastor that like, Hey, I don't want to go on the weekend anymore. I'll, I'll work during the week, but I don't want to go on the weekend, which is just arrogant. Um, but, uh, so hey, good for you in that season, right? Well, yeah. So, so, but I remember him sitting, me sitting down with me and telling me like, Hey, I need more from you. Like, this is not, you're not providing me enough. Uh, and they were looking for a creative director at the time. And, and I remember him telling the youth pastor, he didn't tell me directly, but he basically said, I'm not that solution. I'm not a long-term solution. Mm. Uh, and, and that had always stuck with me and I, and not in a bitter way. I'm not mad at him. I'm mm -hmm. not, I, I, I legitimately, I don't hold that against him. I've went and had, uh, you know, meals with him since then and, and, and appreciate him. Uh, but that, no, that, shutting down that questioning of my ability um in a in an honest and real way has motivated me more than probably anything like yeah. that that's what made me go okay i want to be the best creative person i can possibly be right. i want to be a creative director i want right. to be able to do all these things right um, and so it was that that kind of woke me up from that being a, a child to then sure. being a responsible uh, adult yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so a, a no can have a lot of power, but it shouldn't be given willingly. It should right. <laughs> be thought out and, and be where it's deserved. Right. Um, in that situation, I needed a no. I needed right. a hard no for exactly. a long time and nobody was giving it to me. Exactly. Everybody was going, yeah, you're really talented. Yeah, you're really talented. Yeah, you're really talented, uh, which is probably the worst thing someone can hear uh, yeah. because that's not something you can control. Um, you know, it's like being, yeah, it, it's not something you're working for. So. Yeah, so that no, that wake-up call was probably the, the best thing that ever happened to me. Hey, y'all. I want to give a shout-out to my friend, Mackenzie Gimbin. When I was starting this podcast, I wanted to make sure that we had really good graphics, and I'm not super creative. So I reached out to her and shared my idea. I absolutely love the concept that she came up with for the Where They've Been podcast. If you want to make your design dream a reality for your personal use, like this podcast, or for your business, which we also use her for, you should reach out to Mackenzie. She's a graphic designer and illustrator. If you want to get your next project rolling, you can email her at kenzieanddesigns at gmail.com. That's kenzieanddesigns at gmail.com. Or you can follow her on Instagram at Mackenzie Gimbin. I promise you will not regret it. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And, you know, good on him for being honest with you like that. He needs more out of you and good on you for having the spirit to not be bitter because that oh, yeah. is very difficult. It's true. It's true. And again, I don't know where that comes from, but I'm appreciative that I had that trait because literally from that meeting, like it was pretty hardcore. He was pretty, you know, upset about it. And he left. I, I had a smile on my face. I was like, <laughs> that's awesome. That was the first time I had heard feedback from him. Sure. Uh, he had been pretty quiet up until that point. And so I'm like, I don't know what he's thinking. And again, I wasn't motivated. So it's like I had no fire under my butt. I didn't know why right. I was there. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and so that come to Jesus meeting was like, it's feedback. I'll take it. I know where I stand now. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, it was motivation, but not in a bitter way. And I, I understand that that that's difficult. I, you know, there's some things that I don't know why I'm that way. I, I know for most people, there would be bitterness there. For me, it's not. I, again, I'm 
privileged in that way. I, that's yeah. all I can say. I, I don't know how people get that way. I, I know sure. some people are not that way. My wife is not wired that way at all. Right. She takes things very personal and then, you know, we'll dwell on it for years and years and years afterwards. And uh, we'll, we'll talk it over many times. I'm like, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm like, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Cool. I got, I'm, I got awesome feedback. It was direct. I well, loved it. We, but. Need, we need both because you know, we got to figure out how, how, what's the balance between it, right? Like we can't just let everything roll off our shoulders, but we, right. we have to also have that light attitude. And I think that goes back to Jesus. I think your, your analogy of no goes right back to Jesus, right? Like when he, he had a hard line, like think of the, so many interactions that he had, like with the rich young ruler, right? A guy from privilege. He said, listen, here's your path to following me. You can either do it or you cannot. It's up to you. And, and I, I was recently listening to this, uh, this podcast, and they were talking about leadership in this way of it's very similar to parenting. And, and it was kind of, it was kind of this analogy of, hey, I'm going to provide you options. But what he said was this, he said, my job as a parent, my job as a leader is to walk into the room with the lowest blood pressure. And he said, and I'm going to provide options. And I'm going to let them know that I don't need them for any option. So here's option one, here's option two, and I'm not going to get heated and how you decide determines your fate. And I thought that was very interesting because it is so hard in leadership or parenting for me to not hold that against someone, to not be bitter, to not be angry, to have a low blood pressure and not just get your blood boiling. You know what I mean? That's how, and it's so easy for me in my personality, I, I can just get riled up and so, how, you know, to be able to kind of just calm down and walk out of a meeting like that's, that's adversive with a smile is incredible. I love it. Sure. I'll say two things. First, I don't think you can mention another podcast in your podcast. I think you're going to get sued. Um, <laughs> I didn't mention the name of it, though. Okay, that's why. Okay. Okay. Uh, second of all, Please don't uh, say I'm not going to make any money from this. Right. Um, you talked about, you know, people needing to hear no and, and people that shy away from discipline. One of my favorite Christian books it's called celebration of discipline. Mm. Uh, and it, it just talks about different aspects of the Christian walk that people just kind of neglect like uh, prayer, fasting, uh, reading the Bible and things that maybe don't seem fun on the surface, mm -hmm. but you know, if you practice them and if you work on them, your, your faith and your uh, spiritual relationship is going to grow. Uh, and so again, for me, that's always been something of, of interest to me. Cause I think the way you improve is by self-discipline and mm -hmm. by motivating yourself. Um, and so I, I do think that that's key. If that's something that you're struggling with or that you have a hard time with, I, I recommend uh, looking into that book and, and practicing those disciplines. Uh, and then that's you the book also, by Richard Foster, correct? No idea. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, that sounds right. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember authors. I always am impressed when people can rattle off books and authors. So like, it's on my bookshelf. I've never read it though. Cause I don't have enough discipline, but it's on my bookshelf. Wow. Well, that's great. And then what was You said something else that I wanted to talk about, but I forgot what it was. You ended with it. Do you remember what it was? Uh, uh I don't know. Having the lowest <laughs> blood pressure in the room. Uh, I know you and I have come out of meetings uh, together where, you know, your blood pressure had been high. <laughs> And my blood pressure had stayed pretty even keel. And I remember we'd go out for lunch and, and stuff like that. And I help walk you off the ledge a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I respected with you that even that, even though you had that raising of the blood pressure, you didn't, you didn't make that known in the meeting. And I think everybody can struggle with having that blood pressure rise. That's normal. Mm -hmm. That's, that's human uh, nature. But it's the thing that you can control is your reaction. So in right. those meetings, even though, uh, you know, your blood pressure is rising or in any situation uh, that you go into and you're like, man, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. Uh, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. What you can control is your reaction. Uh, right. And what maturity is, is even though you are, you might disagree with something or you might uh, just, you know, vehemently not want to be there or whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's controlling your reaction, not, yes. not acting out in anger, not acting out in, uh, you know, a furious passion, you know, there's times where that's called for, I'm not going right. to say that never called for, obviously Jesus was in the temple throwing tables around. Right. I don't think we question his temperament, <laughs> but you know, I, again, with you, I, I admired that I knew how you felt and you right. sometimes would run a little hot. 
<laughs> but you wouldn't make that known and you would go into a lunch afterwards with me or, or whomever and in a healthy way to start just uh, discharge that blood pressure and talk it through mm-hmm. uh, and, and look for feedback right. as to, am I wrong about this? Should I feel differently? What should I do in those situations? Right. Uh, and you would turn what could be a negative into self growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the thing. We all have negative parts of our, our uh, behavior of our personalities. Uh, but if you are able to turn that into growth, then that is that is huge, and that's a, a huge key, and that's what I, I I admire about you because you and I are very opposite in personalities, right? Um, and and very different in how we approach things, uh, but we both share an interest in self improvement, right? Um, and that looks different for both of us. Like I yeah. said, like we've been talking, some of the things you struggle with, I'm like I'm the complete opposite. I don't deal with that. Easy for but, me, yeah. But then there's things for me that like talking to people. Oof, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I'd rather just never talk to a person again and I'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, but for you, that's a strength. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, it doesn't matter what we're dealing with. We're both dealing with very different things. Right. But it's, are you using that to grow? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's the key to all this is that, you know, whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever it is that's your weakness, are you turning it into something that you're growing in? Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I appreciate that a lot. Um, I like when you, what you said about Richard Foster, the disciplines, one thing I don't know who that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who is that guy again? What what's his name? Does he have a book? Um, one of the things I was gonna ask you about is so you're one of the most disciplined people, I think, in your spiritual walk quietly, which I really appreciate. So um, and that also goes into kind of, you know, when we were together on staff, you went through this diet and you lost like, I don't know, like 30 pounds or something. And I was like, geez, 60, you're the most disciplined eater. What was it? It was 60 pounds, but who's sixty? <laughs> Holy smokes. I mean, that's amazing. So I've gained it all back. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. I remember those days. So great. Oh man. I remember those days too. We would go to Qdoba and you would be like, I love the Qdoba soup because it'd just be the queso inside the meat. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Low carb. Low carb, man. I did that and I lost some weight and then I had McDonald's for lunch today. So there goes yeah. my heart. But how do you, what, like what, what, uh, I know you said you like discipline, you enjoy it. Yeah. So what, what kind of things have you learned in that process, whether it's spiritually, whether it's physically in the gym um, or, you know, in a weight loss season of like, yeah. Hey, how, how do I get, if someone's listening to this and they are terrible in discipline, yeah. what are some tips or some things that you do that you would get? Sure. And this one I can actually trace back and tell you what the origin of it is. So my dad was very much so like, okay, so every night he would, he had this old chair up in our upper level that he would go and he would read his Bible and then he would go and get on his knees and lay on the chair like this, uh, you know, with his arms folded and he would pray until he fell asleep. Wow. Uh, Every night, every night he would do that. He would pray until he fell asleep. Uh, and as a child growing up, I saw that and, you know, when parents do things, sometimes you can think that's embarrassing. That's dumb. That was something that I always respected and always looked up to. Uh, I obviously as a kid growing up, didn't have that relationship with God. That was not something a kid had. Right. Uh, and, but I saw that and I saw that displayed to me and that was discipline. That was, uh, he wasn't doing that for an audience, right. He was up by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would literally fall asleep doing it. So it wasn't wow. like he was doing it for 10 minutes and then checking a box. Like sure. he was doing it and he was out. Um, and so that put that on display for me. And so I always understood that my dad had a strong relationship with God. Now, my dad wasn't a, I'm going to run down the aisles and speak in tongues and throw my hands up and, and sure. go crazy. Uh, but he displayed that faith in a way that was quiet. And uh, mm-hmm. I always thought that that was biblical. I think, you know, we Super. think of Daniel in the Bible, right? Yep. Praying in the closet yep. uh, and uh, how that faith didn't need to be on display, but still he had some of the, you know, the strongest faith of anybody at that time. Absolutely. Um, and so that was something I always admired was that I'm going to show uh, the love of God through my actions and that's it. <laughs> I'm not going to be shouting about it. I'm not going to be, you know, trying to uh, convert you to my way of thinking. I'm just going to show you um, what faith looks like and, uh, and live that out in my life. 
Um, and there's times where, where speaking and all that has its place. I'm not saying that wrong. Yeah. Uh, but that's what inspired me to have that quiet faith. And I think, again, for my parents, I also learned to trust in God, no matter what, like mm. uh, if you want something uh, or if, if you're waiting for something to happen, then just, you know, put it in God's hands and that's all you can do. There's nothing you can control in, the, in those situations. Um, so don't worry about it. Put it in God's hand. Now, again, I know that's something that I don't deal with. I, I can trust God and not worry about it. That's not everybody. Some yeah. people struggle with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I recognize that. I understand that that's something special for me. And again, some of that was just, I was born with that and I have a predisposition to believe in that stuff and, and do that. Uh, but I know it's harder for other people. So I would say practice your faith or self-discipline in a way that nobody sees it. Right. Um, and gut check, make sure you're not doing it for anybody else but yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only way it's going to stick. And we talked earlier about internal motivation versus external motivation. And the right. external motivation can be strong, but external motivation can also be fleeting. Um, and if yes. that's your motivation, then it's going to come and go. Exactly. Um, and so internal motivation, make sure that you're doing it for yourself and yourself is always going to be there. You're always going to be a part of yourself. Yeah. Um, and so if you have these goals set for yourself and nobody else, then, you know, the only person disappointed when you fail is going to be you and you're going to have to live with that. Um, and so, you know, that's what I would say is, you know, if you're, if you're reading your Bible because you feel external pressure to do that, then it's only going to last for so long. Exactly. If you're praying because you feel an external pressure to do that, it's only going to last so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I almost argue, is it better to not do it at all than to do it for other people? Yeah, um, a great and, question. And uh, so that that's always been a motivation of mine. And, you know, I'm also honest with the things that I'm not good at. Yep. I'm not good at reading my Bible consistently. I never have been. And, you know, people that say I get up every morning and read it for, you know, an hour – I go, great for you. I'll <laughs> never be, that'll never be something that'll be yep. easy for me. Yep. Um, and so I recognize that I don't beat myself up over it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the end of the world. You know, I still have a strong relationship uh, with God. And, and so for me, it looks different uh, from other people. I know. And again, for other people, it might be an external expression helps them uh, grow that relationship with God, like in worship, being really expressive and all that kind of stuff. And I recognize that, and I'm not saying that's wrong. Uh, but for me, you know, I, I see God in nature. I see God in uh, systems. I see God uh, in, in laws and, you know, all these kind of things. And it's a totally different thing. Uh, but for me, that's, I, I, I just recognize that faith looks different for everybody yeah. and discipline looks different for everybody. And the relationship with God looks different for everybody. Yeah. And so mine is quieter mm-hmm. and more peaceful and more trusting. Yeah. Uh, but for other people, it, it might look different. Yeah. I love that. I love what you said. If you're a person of faith or not, you got to do it for your internal disposition. Like you got to do it for yourself. Right. So if it's a weight loss goal, like, okay, your pictures that you post on Instagram are not going to be motivation for you. It is literally going to be either be, an uptick or a downtick. It's not going to be an equilibrium. It's not going to be all the way steady Eddie. It's going to be up and down. And so if you have that inner spirit, like I'm going to do this, then I think you're much more apt to do it. Like you said, and that goes the same into your spiritual walk. Like it doesn't matter your outside stuff. Like for the example, this year, 2020 has been insane. And I think the people like myself that can be thrown around in the waves of emotions have had a very difficult time. Not saying you haven't um, right. or people who are, you know, more, more even keel haven't, but I think it's easier when you kind of have that inner peace and that inner like decision, you know, yep. it's, it's truly yep. a decision in my right. mind. Like right. you have decided no yep. matter the situation, this yep. is my response. And, yep. and I love that. I think that's super powerful and I can learn a lot from that. And I've had to teach myself coming back from work. I'm going to decide whether, um, you know, it's a good day or a bad day or what's going on. When I walk through the door, what type of husband, what type of father, what type of friend I want to be. And sure. if I don't decide, I'm going to walk in with my emotions. Yeah. And I think, you know, bringing back to your analogy of losing weight, like you said, I did at one time lose uh, just under 60 pounds. Uh, and when I did that, 
when I did that, it was because I decided internally, like, I'm going to do this. Yes. And I remember I, I even, I told a couple of people in January, because it started January 1, like everybody else does, how uh, cliche. Uh, but I told him, I was like, hey, I'm losing 50 pounds uh, by my birthday, which is in July. And uh, I was telling them not so like, hey, look at me. I was telling them because I knew I had made that commitment. And I was like, here's a commitment I made to myself. You don't need to check in on it, but this is what I'm going to do. Uh, and my mindset at that time was like, I'm going to do it, do this. And I, I set to it. I, I did it. And like I said, I joked, but I, I've gained a lot of that weight back. And I've obviously tried a couple times losing weight. But the difference is I wasn't those times in the right headspace to say, no, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. Uh, and sometimes I don't know how to turn that on and turn that off. Because if I could just turn it on, I would say that all the time and eat right. healthy and, and deal with it. Exactly. But it is like, there's times where it's like, no, no, no. There's This time I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm committing to this. I'm set to do this and it works. But then there's other times where it's like, hey, I just feel like crap. I look like crap. I want to look better. And it doesn't work. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I can't turn it on. I can't turn it off. Uh, but I will tell you the time I did lose weight was different. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've, you know, been around people that have dealt with weight their whole life. Um, and they're waiting for that breakthrough. I don't know how to instigate that breakthrough, but there is a breakthrough. That's all I can say. I've dealt with depression. It was the same thing. Mm. It was like suddenly a light bulb turned on. It was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be done with this. Mm. Um, and I'm going to work through it no matter what it takes. It doesn't mean the road's easy, but it's like, I have decided to do this. Um, and that's happened twice in my life with depression and, and with my weight. Um, Again, if I knew how to turn it on, I'd tell everybody and this would, your podcast would be number one, uh, <laughs> but I don't, but I do know it comes from self-determination and, and yeah. yeah, and I pride myself in self-determination, but I don't always get it right either. So right. Um, I don't know the magic formula to get it to that point. I I love, yeah, exactly what you said. If we could just turn, if anyone could, anyone in the world, you just turn it on. Yeah, I, I'm going to do this. We would. Yeah. But Correct. we can't. And so it's like, how do you get your mind wrapped around? And it, I don't know if it's just a, a calming your presence and, and a calming your mind and, and, and maybe slowing down on the things outside. Um, I just recently ended a diet where I did it for nine weeks, a challenge, and I ended up losing 27 and a half pounds. Oh, and I didn't post anything about it, but I had a bet with my dad to see who would lose more. And I promise you, I was going to whoop his butt. I don't care. I'm going to beat him and I'm going to rub his face in it. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. old, so yeah. he should get some weight. And But we didn't sure. do it that way. We did it percentages. So, nice. But I won. So let me nice. put that out nice. there into the interwebs. Yeah. But it was just like, I decided I'm doing this, right? So I don't know. How do, how do, you, how do we figure that out? I wish there was yeah. easy Even In that case, it was competition. But right. again, it's still that decision that you're going to do this. Right. And I've tried that. I've tried competition. I've tried external motivation. I've tried many different, uh, different ways to do it. But again, it's a switch that just gets turned on and you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stick right. through it. I, I'm going to do this. Um, and it, if you haven't experienced it, then you don't know what we're talking about because it's different than any other time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. but, but yeah, I want to switch to, so let's talk a little bit. So I'm a big Enneagram guy. I know you're not, but it's okay. If you can't, if you're not watching the video, he just gave me a downcast look, but let's talk about your favorite. It could be the Myers-Briggs. I don't know the Myers-Briggs because I'm not intelligent enough to understand it. Okay. Let's just be real. Here's, here's, here's why I like Myers-Briggs over Enneagram. Oh, let's talk Enneagram is great. I understand in Enneagram. I know why people love it because it's a, it's a little more, um, you know, but the problem with Enneagram is you can say, I can say, Oh, Jeff, what Enneagram are you? And you can say seven. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have to go and memorize everything about what a seven is. So I can go, oh yeah, that's you to a T. <laughs> Myers-Briggs, it's all in the name. You say ENFP. I go, oh, okay, you're an extrovert. You, whatever the N and whatever is, <laughs> you make decisions with your heart because you're an F and you go by the seat of your pants because you're a What is the N though? What is that? Does anybody know? No, no. Oh. Okay. So it, you internalize, you make decisions from internal stimuli versus external, okay. who knows. Uh, but that's why I like the Myers-Briggs because you okay. tell it to me, I go, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm going through the letters. Yeah, that's you. But Enneagram, it's like, I'm a two. Yeah. Oh, cool. A two. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Okay. Let me get my dictionary. only nine numbers. Like you can't, you can't remember. Come on. 
Nine? That's yes. a lot of numbers, Jeff. Yes. I don't know. That's okay. well, I, I have a very specific Myers-Briggs story that I remember from you. What yeah. is your Myers-Briggs again? I'm ENTJ. ENTJ. Okay, so here's here's the story from Daniel. We're I, I'm probably working at, at on staff together for maybe a week, and we go out to lunch, and he's like, what's your Myers-Briggs? And I'm like, I don't know. So I told him ENFP, I think, and I'm still not even sure. And he just low-key says, I'm ENTJ, right? And he's like, yeah, it's the same personality as Steve Jobs, so no big deal. And I literally was just like, what? <laughs> and I remember just laughing, and you're like dead serious. Like, no, it's the same as Steve Jobs. Like, I'm a genius. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm sure I was saying that very dry and joking. It jokingly. was so dry, like so dry. And I was like, I remember Abby being like, do you think he was serious about that? And I'm like, we'll find out. Like, we will find out. I have yeah. no idea. I love it. And if it. you notice, I remember that you were an ENFP. I didn't even, <laughs> so I have a running list. That, that's what I thought you were going to bring up. I have a running list of everybody I ever met and they're Myers-Briggs. Um, and it's in my, that. Yeah, it's in my notes in my phone and I update it and I share it with some people and uh, <laughs> I, if I've I met you it. and I learn your Myers Briggs, you it's go. It's Daniel's uh, little black book. Let's trademark yeah. it. Yeah, it just and I I know the problems with Myers Briggs. I know it's not all encompassing, but there are certain aspects to it that helps you understand people and how they yeah. operate. Are oh, they 100%. extroverted? Are they introverted? Do they plan things? Do they kind of go with the flow? Like those are big things. And yeah. so I get it's not the end all be all. I don't know everything about you because you're an ENFP because there's literally 70 on my list. Uh, but, uh, you know, it helps me know how to how to talk to you and how to hang out with you. No, I, I like that a lot. No, I think that's really cool. That is super interesting that you have a list, though. I did not know that. Yeah, and I love that. It's my creepy list. Going. I have people I know, and they're like spouses really? <laughs> and family members I've never met. <laughs> um, oh, I shouldn't yeah. be saying this out loud, but yeah, it's, yes. it's really hey. creepy. But anyways, on Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram three. So tell me, what does that mean, Jeff? So to me, I could I see parts of a three in you. So three is like the achiever, right? So like they're very internally motivated people. Like uh, Donald Miller is an example of like a three, like or like I, a Steve Jobs. What's up? Like a Steve Jobs. That's exactly, like, like Steve Jobs. Like okay. Donald Miller is basically like the book writing Steve Jobs. You know what I mean? Like okay. very similar. Yeah, I had no idea who that was. So he he writes books and he like has, celebration of discipline. Uh, yeah, I, oh, you know okay, what? Cool. Let's check on that. That might okay. be one of his books. Not sure. All right, well, go check your bookshelf. Let me know. <laughs> I have a lot of books on there I have not read. Mm, um, good for you. Recently purchased six books that I told Abby I needed. Haven't read one of them and gave two away already. So, wow. yeesh. But anyways. Well, you look smart. Um, but no, the three is like a very, like they're people that are able to be, I, I kind of look at them as someone who can be a chameleon. Like they can walk into a situation and can kind of act whatever that room needs in that moment to kind of win the room. Like those are the type of people where you're like, you can walk in. If you need a quiet, like calm person, they can be that. If you need a gregarious person, they can be that like the three and they have a very strong internal drive. And those are the type of people that are just doing stuff to just crush it. You know what I mean? So I, sure, I for that sure sounds nothing like me, so it doesn't work. You're, you're, Enneagram's stupid. Nice. What, what, right, so you must be number one. I take it then. No, I'm an eight. Oh, so, so what is it is not who you want to be on the Enneagram. Wow. Because it's eight are typically like the type of people that are just more like bulldozers and run over people, high achievers, um, lower emotional uh, understanding. Yeah. So like they describe the eight, like I like it because they describe people's basic fear. So the eight's basic fear is to be controlled. Um, and what they struggle with is they, they call it in the book, like a lust, but not like a sexual lust, like a lust of like life, wow. like wow. too much of everything. You know what I mean? Like that is me to a T it's like, I'm, if I'm going to have one chicken strip from Cane's, I'm going to get the five finger combo. You know what I'm saying? Come on. So, and I'm gonna get extra cane sauce in Jesus name. But anyways, so mine said my fear was a lust of spiders. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but that's what it said. So, so anyway, yeah, so, that's so but what is it like to grow up in Minnesota, 
where the team that you root for always chokes in every sport. And at the time of this recording, they just beat the bears because they're absolutely trash and I'm done watching, but yeah, I, w- I, I wasn't going to bring it up. Um, but feel free. Jeff is an avid bears fan. I'm an avid Minnesota Vikings fan. And most of the time our paths rarely cross in any meaningful way because we're usually both terrible. And we have uh, hate for the green Bay Packers. Right. Equal hate for the Green Bay Packers. That is very much true. But yes, we just came off of a Monday night win by the Vikings. It was Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins' first Monday night win in his entire career. Can you believe it? Um, And now we are a barn burning four and five versus the Bears five and four. So uh, (laughs) a a lively competition between me and Jeff right now between our goodness, Just trash. No. No, it's 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 been a crazy season for us. I hope I was hoping we'd get the first round pick, but that obviously has gone away because we want to keep winning meaningless games and get knocked out of the playoffs first round if we get there. I mean, you still have Dalvin Cook, and he's a good. He's just unbelievable. So is this also his, a sports podcast? What this is? Is this no, also this a podcast sports podcast? Is, okay, so this podcast is where they've been, where we talk about story, but part of your story. Is that you're a Vikings fan? I was also a third round pick, uh, pick number one thirty six for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, blew my knee first practice. <laughs> it literally splintered. I, parts of my kneecap were in other players. Uh, they told me I'd never run again, but here I am. Praise be to God. And this is the story of Daniel Laux. That's where I've been. I'll tell you. Yes, come on. I have a little jingle too that we wrote, and uh, so that's going to be at the beginning. And I'm pretty excited. Can you sing about it for me now. Can you give me a, a sample? I cannot sing it because here's here's why I can't sing it. Number one, I don't know how to sing. Number two, still don't know what a harmony is. Okay, Abby, all well, you we're, can't harmonize with yourself. So I understand I don't that, think but I don't understand melody or harmony. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like, so can you sing the melody and I'll harmonize with you? I yeah. Let's do but, it. Let's, 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 you sing it. I'll harmonize with you. We'll do it off the cuff here. Go ahead. Sing the intro for me. I, I, off the cuff. I did. I wrote off. the lyrics like six months ago. I mean, it's just okay. like, I don't have that internal disposition. Well then just hum it. Hum the melody. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. No, Ready? No, let's, I, get, I think, hold on. I think I got the lyrics in my notes here. All right. We'll mm-hmm. edit this for time and just for interest. Probably just edit it all out, but no, we're going to keep it. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. I do. Okay. All right, here we go. I can't. This is, this is the intro to where they've been by this Jeff. Is super going to be super embarrassing, but let's go for it. Okay. All right, go ahead. Go. Wait. Um, hold on. No, let's just go from what's going to be in the because I it's a minute long, but then we. Oh edit. my goodness, a minute long intro. People tuned out. Here we go. All right. <laughs> let's. Uh, this portion of the podcast has been edited due to humiliation reasons. Let's get back. Wait, so that didn't oh, sound God. like you. Was that you on the track? No, of course it wasn't me. It was my brother-in-law. He's singing it. Wow. That was professional. Dude, what do you think? I was expecting something very unprofessional that you made in your basement. <laughs> it's like a little bit of garage band, a little bit of loop going. and no. You, he he actually is super creative and writes a lot of songs. And um, so we kind of wrote it together. I wrote down the rough lyrics and then he changed it. And basically he put everything in different order. And then there it is, man. I'm, this has been super fun. Great. Well, like we could great. Keep going. well, no, let's just call it while we're ahead. But no, <laughs> it's been great that we're, that uh, we're having a good time. I would love to come and do it in person sometime, but uh, yeah, you haven't invited me over since you moved, but that, you know, well, the COVID hit, and so I've been trying to social distance. Yeah, the COVID hit, like, you know, six months after you left. But, yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I could uh, be here and be part of your show. Uh, yeah. Hopefully there's some usable uh, footage from it. No, dude, seriously, I think this has been I've, – I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I actually think you hit some stuff that I've never hit before, and it was actually really awesome. So, for real. Right. I'm glad I, let you, I'm glad I helped you hit that. 
Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to help you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the conversation that I just had with Daniel. You know, one of my favorite things that he said was the story that he told about just gritting and grinding it out to figure out this new skill that he needed. And I love that. I love that he was just going to fight, stay up all night, YouTube tutorials, whatever he had to do to figure it out, he was going to do. And I think that's such a powerful thing, the grit of the human spirit to say, I'm going to figure this thing out and I'm going to go for it. And I don't know where you are today, if you're in a position where you like or maybe you want to grow and you want to develop some new skills, I want you to know that I believe you can do it. You just got to have the grit and determination to fight through. I don't necessarily believe it's always about talent. I believe it's about effort. And if you just go for it, give it everything you have, keep fighting, keep going. Preaching right now. I got to I gotta slow down. This is a podcast. Anyways, I love that part of his story. I hope that encouraged you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you have a great day. Love you guys.